This is a homebrew podcast. This is Liaman's Tiny Chat, the podcast about the podcast. Our heroes are gathered around the campfire, enjoying a brief respite from the darkness and talking about their experiences from the week. Let's listen in. And here we are. We have arrived. Can somebody tell me what the name of the armor was in the last episode of fucking Edge Runners? Because I have to show TJ. There's no in here yet. No. What? I can't remember what it was called. It is the cyber suit. I thought I was just making that name up, but that is literally the name. But for some reason, I can't find any pictures of it. Hmm. Maybe it's too... Did it just come out? Is it like super new? Hmm. Maybe. Well, hey. Welcome, everyone, to Liaman's Tiny Chat. Happy to have you all. We're doing a little bit of a special episode today. We... Had a little chat, and we thought since we were going to be talking about some stuff that had uh, like a level of esotericy, probably isn't a good word, but you need some extra knowledge to fully enjoy the last couple episodes. So I wanted to go ahead and say, hey, we promised we'd keep everything free. So we're going to be publishing this on our main feed as well uh, as extra content. We'll continue to do the episode like normal, and we also have this uh, the live open for everyone, patron or not. So, uh, like usual, we will talk about the last couple episodes, and if you have any questions or anything, feel free to raise your hand or type in Liaman's Tiny Chat chat room. So, how's everybody doing? Fucking pumped. Right. Terrified, but pumped. Pumped and terrified. Intrigued. Intrigued. I feel like the longer the campaign goes, the more, like, anxious I am about, like, the possibility of losing a character. Like, because I don't want to, like, fucking... Make it to the end, and then it just... You die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, fucking... Don't uh, all good shows, all good stories have, like, main characters die at the end? Isn't that just, like, part of the recipe? Some. Sal, we love you, but you're the, <laughs> you're, <laughs> oh, you're the one. I don't know how to tell you this, but you've been the main character the whole time, bro. Great. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's just that's just a recipe for a good story. There will be love and loss, but I think my fear isn't people dying at the end. I think my fear is people dying almost at the end. And then trying to introduce a new fucking character right at the very end. That's just like it'd be exactly. fucking impossible. Exactly. Like So don't die. Don't die until we can just Hey guys, it's me, Frank. Guess what? If one of us if one of you dies here towards the end, you're out. Right. You're a survivor. You're you're sitting out. Yeah, I mean been voted I mean, off the island. That's a big question of like what fucking happens, cause like no, no. I, I think me and Cody get one more character. You got you two have already died. We yeah, did. We haven't. We get one I more. I've had a lot of opportunities. <laughs> I feel like Cody will be the last one to die. He seems like he plays it pretty plays it pretty safe. He'd be hard to get to. Pretty close to the chest. Maybe. Maybe. Last time thing I knew, I got one shot. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Facts. It was a global. It wasn't quite a one shot. It was more. It was more than a one shot. They embarrassed you, then killed. Like, pulled your pants down, then dropped your ass. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was rough. You were paralyzed. Right. I mean, you rolled a three and a five. What do you want me to fucking do? (laughs) I swear the whole time that that entire encounter, like, Cody's in the corner having, like, Vietnam flashbacks. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of shit's happened to me before. Yeah, it was was mostly dice. Although I will say, Austin, you had blown your uh, blessing pretty early there. It would have been a great time to use it. Uh, my Same. partner always says that I tend to blow my blessing a little too early. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, remember that this is that was for everybody to hear, not just our yeah. patrons. <laughs> no, oh no, she's gonna hear this. She's I can see it now. She's gonna be like in the car driving home from work, and she's gonna be like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, if someone died too much closer to the end of this campaign, probably makes sense to play, like, a an already established character. Could I play Savantagraph? 
Yeah, Sal in a mech suit. Sal, Sal in a mech suit. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just a complete throwaway, like a fucking a grung. I'm actually hmm. surprised we haven't. No one has grabbed a grung. I kept thinking someone would be like, oh, these guys Grab are a grung. Cool. Well, I thought when... when uh... When our, our dear friend Tevian died, I I was sure that oh me too Ty- Tyrell was going to grab Gerdo and just take Gerdo <laughs> from his home planet. Be like, oh, you want to see the stars? Let's go see this fucking stars, my boy. Yeah, I was for sure going to play. Like we had it. I was like lining it all up. I was going to play Grung, and then Billy came out of left field in my brain, and I was like, oh, because I'm playing this guy now. <laughs> and that's the sperm that won. That's the sperm that won, Billy. Boom. <laughs> Rest in peace. We miss you, Billy. We do. I thought uh I thought dwarves were hatched from eggs. Sure. Sperm's still involved in eggs, Grant. Yeah, true. That's true. It's just a solid. <laughs> How does egg. that work? How I egg? need to Google this. How are dwarf eggs? <laughs> dwarves release their clutch and then the men come in sometime later and fertilize the eggs. How are dwarf <laughs> eggs fertilized? Over a pint. Over a pint. <laughs> 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 Little known fact: You can only find the clutches inside a brewery. Grant Grant's just getting like fucking porn up the wazoo right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't too bad. This dwarven ovipositor porn. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, God. It, it was mostly like a dwarf fortress tutorials. Hmm. Oh, I don't know if dwarves are actually hatched from eggs in dwarf fortress. I've never played it. I'm assuming that's where it came from, right? Or somewhere around that. I don't know. Where is the dwarves are hatched from eggs from? Second edition? What? I, what? I just I just guessed. I don't know. Oh. What? I know it's not actually in any... Are dwarves hatched from eggs? I don't know. Never mind. Sorry. I, <laughs> I for some reason, believed that dwarves were hatched from eggs. No, it's some definitely a theory meme. somewhere. Yeah, it's like yeah, a meme. There, it is a theory that dwarves are hatched from eggs. A game theory. Yes. What happened to Game Theory? Is he still going? I don't know. Last I checked, his videos were like <laughs> really taking a dive. Oof. He was like a he was like theorizing about like Domino's commercials or something. I was like, bro, there's plenty of games out there. You don't you don't have to do this. Oh, guys, we just lost a top tier. Oh shit, Matt. Uh, oh no. Uh, I, I'm guessing it was the, the Game Theory guy. The game theory guy. Probably because you don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane. Ah, you win some, you lose some. I feel like if he was here, based on some of his older videos, he would like figure out my story and make it seem like very dumb very quickly. Perhaps. The way he like fucking chops through stuff is insane. So, hey, anyways, I wanted to talk a little bit about your... Um, some of these manifestations that you guys had. I think that's kind of like main topic for me. You're looking to talk about my manifestations, eh? Yeah, I would like to take a very close look at your manifestation. I don't know what that means, man. Uh, <laughs> so let me pull up. Um, I'm unprepared. I have my new notes started. Which is always fun. Yeah, I, new I, notes, I, new notes. Have you ever been in a call with new notes? No. I, I break up my notes by chapter, and I actually got to start a new, start a new chapter here, which was fun. But I need Hell to go yeah. back to the old one. Who did you guys play second? It was Cervantograph and Maxwell. Oh, Cervantograph. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then who Rusty was that? Jay that? Cutter and his companion Cannon Fodder. Target practice. Volney. Really? Was he there? Target practice. Oh, yeah, he's because you're a treasure boy. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about uh, about Mr. Cutter while I look up everyone else's. So um, the last campaign at our home group that went for, like, God, close to two years was called Loctus Bellum. We streamed it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys did. So maybe you caught some of the exploits of Rusty J. Cutter. And his legendary journeyman. But, uh, you know, that was one of those games where I just kind of decided, I was like, I'm going to play a cowboy character and there's nothing you can do to stop me. (laughs) And instead of standing in my way and making it, like, weird, Mike, like, embraced it and uh, made it, like, a huge part of the world that, like, there's just, like, cowboy people, like, like Rusty. And it was great. I loved it. And, uh, man, it was crazy. Like, it was like... 
Kind of like Fallout New Vegas, where it was like Cowboys versus Romans. Uh, we Our biggest rival were these guys named the Bellator, and we fought them. Cervantigraph faced off against them in the first vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Bellator soldiers were the rank-and-file dudes that Cervantigraph was squaring off against. And it was a very complicated political situation where, in a lot of ways, the Bellator were right, but their methods had gone too far, let's just say. It's to sum it up all in one easy sentence. And then we debated for a year and a half about how to solve it. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Uh, Tyrell was Vox, the shapeshifter, who also appeared in the third vision? Remus's vision. Yes. Yeah, I had them all mixed in, all mixed up, scattered about. So the weird shapeless figure that could shapeshift into the dwarfed and stuff, that was a companion of Rusty's, one of my assassins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was pretty crazy to get to play him again. I don't know if the voice was – I don't know if I did it justice because I hadn't played him in like, what, six months or three months? Yeah, or, it's been a little while. But, you know, I, I listened back when I was uh, making everything and it sounded good to me. <laughs> right. What can I say? And so Rusty and that was uh, Volney was who I yeah, Volney yes, was introduced. There. Tell us about Volney. I was not. A, I was actually not expecting Volney at all. To be oh, honest. Oh, really? No. See, you I had, had like a all... you had a little bit of a clue because I uh, because I had to call you about a different character. So yeah, kinda... but like I knew, I knew. Yeah, so like I knew that there was going to be you know some of our characters, but I don't know why. Like Volney just kind of like didn't pop into my mind on like what might. I also didn't know how many of our past characters. I think is the big thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, Volney was in. A campaign called Godless um, with Grant in our home group before pre-Cody. And he was my giant, uh, giant. Um, He actually, Grant actually let me play a large token. He was so big. Barbarian named Volney who had a demon heart surgically implanted in his body. So he had a demon who also inhabited him. Very anime-esque. But he was a giant gentle man. Uh, blacksmith who just wanted to be helpful and to help others had a little bit of Brom in him. Yeah, very much from Braum, League of Legends. Reinhardt from Overwatch and Brom mm-hmm. from League of Legends were like the two biggest like inspirations for him, and he carried a massive like dire maul, kind of like Reinhardt does. And he was probably the sweetest, like the gentlest character I ever played, and he was massive and horribly strong as a raging berserk barbarian. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, I loved him. He was great. He also sacrificed himself in the end. Yeah, we actually had that when uh wait a second. Yeah, this was this episode. Um when when I had you see a vision of your death, it sounds like that's who you yep. were. Yep, I, I gave the the actual ending to our campaign was Volney walking into a demon portal save all of his friends. Legend. And that fight was on a uh, casino boat, like a little steamboat, versus some uh, vampires and a fella named Adelaide. Am I saying that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been dying to hear this one because I know, like, I know Cody's characters. I have, like, he introduced yours, and I was like, "Whoa, is an Austin character?" Hmm? So this one was kind of. Funny because this is actually a few like the the name got swapped, but I rolled with it because like I'm sitting there and Lindsay starts like I get I get get like a random message from Grant about like oh like have wait did you message me or did she tell me that you were messaging her I don't remember how it went down I I think she was like Grant sent me a DM. And I was just like, oh, God, what, what's he what's he got up his sleeve? <laughs> and um, yeah, I was not expecting this like fucking whatsoever. But she was sitting there. She was like laughing and giggling in the corner. I was just like, what the fuck? What the devil is going on? <laughs> um, so some of her memories of my character were a little blurry. So it, oh, it, it ended up being like a mush up of like two characters. That's but, a, like kind of amazing. Yeah, I just, uh, it fit the theme perfectly, so mm-hmm. I just fucking rolled with it. Wow. So, Adelaide was my very first D&D character, and, like, 
Session three, he he fucking accidentally ate some fucking werewolf blood and was like a werewolf. He fought with a, you know, big... It was like the, the perfect version of me. Like, most people's, like, first characters are like, well, they look... They've got uh, fucking, like, bl- blondish hair. Dirty blonde hair. And they've got a beard. And they've got, you know, like... I made him... Designed him to kind of look like me because I was... Mm-hmm young and dumb and you know whatever um and then the second character the one that actually had the rope harness was atticus and i named him after atticus finch Mm, nice but uh he he ended my dm ended up giving me like a a ring of rope control that i abused a lot (laughs) as a player i was just like oh like the rope can go up people's like clothing and move oh. their <laughs> I'm yeah, glad you finished that pause. statement. I was like, whoa. What whoa. a pause. <laughs> or <laughs> just like binding people up in the rope and, and all this stuff. It was like, I, I was super abusing this. this I can fucking hear control. Austin now being like, would you say intestines are considered rope? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh like, I definitely, I, I was definitely like, oh, I'm just going to force a rope down somebody's throat. I mean, that would work. And like gum up their insides. Um, violence is a, a, an amazing outlet for creativity. Let me tell you, <laughs> um, it's awful hard to breathe when your lungs are full of rope. Yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, like really fun to be able to like jump into that character. You know that that fusion of a character again and kind of play around with it. There were like. They, they were two campaigns that kind of fizzled out and had no, like, real resolution to them. So it was good to, like, I don't know, have some sort of, you know, reconnection or anchoring to mm. these, like, past characters. And then the other character uh, that I got to play. Do you want me to talk about that now? or Yeah, we can segue. I think everyone knows who Usman was, so we can Usman. segue into <laughs> Usman. Oh, I miss you, Usman. Oh, I, w- I want to get back to Usman. I do. One day. My uh, other character was Farrick, who was uh, over you know, my character in Power Word Fail, which is another yeah. show on the network. Farrick. He's a giant owl bear person. Tells everybody to shut the fuck up. Yeah, right? Tells everybody to shut the fuck up, which I didn't <laughs> mean to do. Um, <laughs> but like, whenever I think like, when i really set up that character i was like what's the opposite of zaldwin that isn't just like chaotic evil like how do i how do i play a character that's just not zaldwin again Mm -hmm. um and i guess subconsciously it just like (laughs) i release the 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 shut the fuck up energy out of me whenever i play (laughs) ferric that's amazing and they're what are they are they a bard Yes, they're a bard. Um, they're like a reskinned satyr. Um, I wanted to go like a big, weird mutant owl bear thing. Oh, okay. So they're not like an owl in their satyr rules as written. Yes. They they use like satyr uh, abilities and everything like that. So they're technically considered fae. And I reskinned the mirthful leaps as like my species usually has wings. But mine were burned away, so I just like have big hops, <laughs> big jumps, little glides, glides, right? With my tattered old wings, hot plops, <laughs> right? Hot plops, ass chart <laughs> alon. I guess we Great do need spell. to talk about Usman. I'm being told that some people don't know who Usman is. So, oh, well, if they want to know about Usman, I'm happy to talk about him. But you should also just go listen to it, Austin. What was the show called? Uh, it was, we have a few episodes of it. We haven't touched it in a while, uh, but it's Tales from the Homebrew and where I got to DM in the, the, the world of absurdism and a millennium abroad. And I bring things in like the moonshade family and kind of f- flesh that out a little bit. All these beautiful pl- people play like really fucking goofy ass characters and Usman Green is one of them. Usman Green was a lot of fun. I I I miss Mac. I really do. But Usman was basically an oost an oost skinned uh, simic hybrid and it was 
basically wanted to devour everybody, and he was a barbarian. It was lots of fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> I mean, right? It was long before the ooze race. Yeah, plasmoid came out. I thought it was a plasmoid. I thought it was the unearthed arcana plasmoid. Mm. It was a simic hybrid. It was a simic hybrid. Yep. But we, like, I'm learning did a little, so much. <laughs> little reskinning and some uh, yeah. custom stuff because I wanted to be an ooze. Yeah, we, we homebrewed the fact that uh, he can use his body as a backpack. Yes, right. that was so great. Everything so was stored to me. Shove his stuff inside of him. I would eat things and like just describe how like as I was eating it, just like stuff's dissolving in my face area because <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a nose. It's great. U- I've been green. Uh, it's green. <laughs> green ooze in a spacesuit and Pippin's continual insistence on making things hard to pronounce. I do. It's more fun that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know how long it took me to get Mr. Goy right? I, I said you could be either the guy or Mr. Goy. I don't know I, when I it gave clicked you for me. Oh, wait, it, I gave you it the, took both a long options. time. <laughs> but it eventually clicked for me. Uh, yeah, that was Furic. Um, and that would have been Remus also. Tell us the tale of uh, Remus Lupin, the, I think is the last name. The legend. Uh, he didn't really have a last name. Remus Lupin is a Harry Potter character. That is, That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, got it. <laughs> that I was me. like, wait, wait a minute. I wasn't no, yeah, even first. Didn't have one. <laughs> uh, his story is that when he was a boy, his father was training him to be a soldier, and he didn't like that idea, so he just ran off into the woods and became like a semi-feral child. Love it. And was always being teased by gnomes, and eventually took it too far and like killed one. And then the gnomes, like, told the local authorities about the scary caveman that lives in the woods. And right. the guards <laughs> came and just grabbed me and threw me in an arena to fight till my death. And uh, that's where I met all the other characters in the campaign. And then we got, you know, like, hand-selected and, you know, moved into, like, a, a planning room where they were, you know, telling us of this bigger, better plan and they introduced us to the rest of the team, which was like a prince, um, like a spy, and this dwarf that was like chained to the wall because he was too scary to be let loose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was TJ's character, who Warm he briefly made skin. an appeal. Uh, yeah, he briefly made an appearance as the shapeshifter. That was yeah. cool, by the way. I liked that. Yeah. He ended up being a total badass and an annoyance for our DM through our entire campaign. But the very first thing he did in that campaign was when we were jailbreaking, we had to jump over a small gap where there was a hole and um, a botched. So immediately like walked out and I was like, oh, my God, this is a dude everyone's scared of. And then I tried to jump a gap and fell flat faced into a hole. Yeah. And we had to help him out of a hole. Yep. (laughs) Drag me out of a hole. It was a long, long campaign. That was also one that took years. Yeah. And um, there were many deaths along the way. It was a pretty brutal campaign. Our DM was kind of a us versus him kind. And uh, eventually, I got pit against that Black Knight dude that we fought, Mm -hmm. who did kill me this time, which was bullshit. But whatever. (laughs) Uh, I ripped his head off in real life, so what are you going to do? Um. And that kind of, you know, the DM didn't let that slide. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, maybe it was because I added insult to injury and ripped his head off and then threw it before his, like, demon god and was like, eat shit. And then we proceeded to, like, two-turn <laughs> that demon god. We did do that. Uh, but then, like, later as we were, you know, adventuring, these fucking spiders came out of nowhere and turned me to fucking dust. Fuck those spiders. Uh, yeah. So... That kind of sucked ass. So it was kind of interesting turnabout where, you know, Remus is summoned into this vision. He sees the spiders. First things first, crush spiders. Yeah. You know? yep. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of nice to get the revenge on the spiders. But yeah, it did suck to die to the Black Knight, dude. I think it just at that point, it was all too much for Remus because he was never a super intelligent person. He was never like the wisest. He was pretty much fueled by rage. He was basically just a cave bum. Yeah, he was the, a murder hobo. You know, <laughs> cave thumbs. Yeah. I was so excited because like literally I, a caveman. Grant introduced the bloat mage from that campaign. 
Mm-hmm. The big fat guy, fight, he which was is one why of our rivals in that campaign. I took it upon, yeah, I took it upon myself to turn into Morgrim because he wanted, so that, that bloat mage killed Morgrim in our campaign, and Well, let's rewind. Was, Who's Morgrim? Oh, well, He's Morgrim Steelskin, who Vox so eloquently uh, transformed into mm-hmm. um, during the fight with the bloat mage. He was a dwarf, totally and utterly devout to the god Gorum. And he led a mercenary clan of Goromites all the way up until he was captured and imprisoned. And then, once freed, led a life of murder and war all the way up until his unfortunate demise at the hands of this dirty bloat mage. This is a Pathfinder campaign, so there's a lot of combat maneuvers in that game. And, um, yeah, I fought a bloat mage, and I thought it was great because Grant did exactly what the bloat mage did in my original campaign— he went toe-to-toe with Morgrim, and Morgrim proceeded to beat the living shit out of him for, like, seven rounds, um, right up until I missed an attack. I couldn't trip him. He stood up, and he disintegrated Morgrim, ending my career as Morgrim Steelskin, the stalwart defender. Yeah, but in this case, obviously, Morgrim was victorious and got to beat the brakes off him, finally. I thought it was an interesting dichotomy that uh, <clears throat> Remus came back and kind of fell to the this like black knight that he had defeated before and you came back and kind of i mean you just barely saved the disintegrate right like it was yeah it was it was not it was not a it was a very close save i thought that was really fun tell us a little bit about vox who you were playing oh vox is a hard one so he was in our luctus bellum campaign with rusty j cutter and the crew and um he was a changeling who had a very bad case of like split personality disorder where he would turn into um, the things he turned into. He fully took on their personas and their characteristics and their uh, names and the whole shebang Um, was very like wildly um, unpredictable man. He actually um, (laughs) left the group at one point, came back and then uh, we found out that the mind of Vox wasn't actually the original inhabitant of the body. It was an assassin named Cassius, and his brains had been scrambled by a fey demigod. And what came out of that was Vox, his personality. And we actually had the chance, I had the, um, they gave me the choice uh, at one point that I could purge Cassius from his own body, and Vox would be the permanent overmind, I guess, or let Cassius come back and be the you know ruthless killer that he was and fox won that out and took over and then proceeded to dominate this demon sword that cassius had been pretty much just like giving into the entire time and um just owned this blood demon that was just like we should kill stuff and fox was like we kill when i say so you just shut your mouth <laughs> stay in your scabbard until i tell you to come out little bitch um so it was pretty great awesome. at the end yeah and he became the god of death at the end, we fought, we fought, well, we saved death, fought death, knew, we just, we like, saved death. It was a long process. We thought we saved death, we actually released a greater evil, he became death, and then we killed the shit out of him, and then Fox took the throne, and became death. Metal as fuck. Yeah, it's like a running, running thing for me at this point, I just fucking fight until I find God, kill him, and become death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and we had Moriarty. Who the fuck's that, Pippin? Moriarty is actually becoming more and more one of my favorite characters I've ever played. He's from our fellow sister show, uh, To Whom This He Belongs, from the uh, Kaleidosphere. And, well, he's a badash, badash, badass fisherman chef that kind of just ended up on this crazy journey that we're on and, well, really enjoys beating the shit out of everything with a fishing pole like it's yeah, crazy <laughs> like i don't know how much you could else you can say other than like <laughs> just like when it when it, it's down to it and it counts Moriarty's just like beating the big bads every time they pop out with his fishing pole with some insane crits pulling out the the crit machine status god i think it's happened like three or four times now where you literally just like devastated the enemy with crits yeah, he's Crits Machine Jr. I I'll take that for Moriarty. 
it's like <laughs> but the greatest part is like the crew in that show is like so weird and diverse and moriarty's just like this normal dude that's with them and just like goes hand with this fishing pole and just destroys things it's great right. i just feel i just picture like a father with the like a like a you know like big strong arms but like a like a beer belly kind of like fisherman look uh from like a full metal <laughs> alchemist the 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 strong man mm. not the blonde haired one not, but the other yeah, one not like, armstrong who does the, guy, the flex, the off, flex with off he's yeah. got like a little bit of the gut but big strong arms at the end of the day he's just like a total dad looking dude <laughs> See, uh, man, I, I, when I imagine Moriarty, I imagine this like basically super lean, like fisherman dude. Oh, like a super like a uh, scrawny, like yeah, he is definitely right. on the the scrawny side. But... He he's just like I don't even know how to do. Like uh, Nathan has a picture of him in real life. Actually, when he went on his honeymoon, he met this oh my dude. God. I'm like that's fucking Moriarty, <laughs> the real life Moriarty. <laughs> I forgot about that picture. Is uh, yeah, on his honeymoon, they're like God, charter guy, like they're a boat guy, or or the other guy on their boat was like, and he the caught a fish Moriarty. while they were on their fucking trip. <laughs> I I imagine Moriarty like One Punch Man, like he's like <laughs> so very, you know what I mean? Like he's not really that involved with kind of like I don't know. He's just there, right? Like he's he's there, he's hanging out, and then every once in a while, he just walk, he gets bored and walks up and just does these massive crits at the most perfect time. And Nathan has given him like a brutal critical thing that he can do, <laughs> and Nathan also has homebrewed crit rules, so it he he's he's literally like one hitting things. Like I, I the way that Nathan's crit rules work and giving him brutal critical, he's doing max damage plus an extra da- damage dice, which makes brutal critical insane. True. And he does like he does like I, I mean he he did like forty damage at level two at one point. Yeah, which is enough Something to like kill that. like that's that's enough to kill like three CR appropriate creatures. I'm gonna get he's gonna get cleave soon. Nice. For those moments, <laughs> it's fucking insane. I love Moriarty. Um, I oh, mean, he's so much fun. Did we miss anybody? I will say, Pippin. I um, I got with your brother. Oh, I didn't know you got with him. <laughs> well, got, did you guys enjoy yourselves? <laughs> I got with your brother and tried to get him to tell me about. Uh, a D&D character I could pull out that I didn't know about. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted just, like, I wanted to really surprise you. And unfortunately, your brother has no idea who you've ever played. Well, he didn't play in a lot of my groups. Like I- He's like, he's like, I don't know. I was like, well, does he talk about anyone? Like, give me something. He's like, I don't know. It's like, okay, <laughs> fine. Wow. wow. I tried, though. I did. No, I did. I really, I did try to pull something special out for you. I put... When you asked, like, do you know who who it's going to be? I was like, oh, man, I wonder who. I wasn't expecting Moriarty. I was like, who have I played with Grant? Oh, yeah, we had that Assassin's campaign. Maybe he'll bring out Raynor or somebody else. Because he was a fun character that never, that sadly that campaign died pretty quick. But, yeah. Yeah, sorry about the lack of any real meaty memories for you there. It's all good. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, and then you guys fought death. And I'm just going to kind of sit back and let you guys kind of talk about like alternate realities because it was a big deal choosing death to begin with. And then, of course, Tyrell made a massive decision at the end of that to kill Sardragoth, the uh, demon book that Zoros was holding. I mean, yeah, what were you guys thinking? What would you have done? Would you have changed anything? I was really happy with everyone agreeing to make death the first fight. It was definitely what Oliver wanted, but I don't think Oliver would have pushed it openly super hard. So I was really happy that we chose death first, and it helped that you said that he was one of the harder ones. So I was like, hell yeah, let's get after him. You made a solid point about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, the decision, like, as soon <laughs> My mind was racing because we only had that moment. Like, I didn't know Mm -hmm. this. Like, as always, this is actual play. We didn't have privy to the, like, thing we were going to get here at the end. I did not know I was going to be able to just kill anything in the universe um, if I got this. And Grant only gave me those couple moments to decide. And um, 
obviously everyone first thing first thing i thought you know at the first thing everyone thinks oh kill kill the bad we've been chasing for most of this campaign right kill zorus easy bam out of the picture and i just like i was just my mind was like like i said mine was racing and i and i got to a point i was like how does oliver go about this how does oliver decide the fate and i just knew that it would be too easy in oliver's eyes to give zorus an instant death like that so it in his simple terms he's like well I'll take his power from him. And what's worse than that for someone who has been working so hard to take so much? Yeah. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're breaking the man, you know, like you're. And I, I've started to come to the terms that I think Oliver's starting to truly believe that like what Grant, you brought up that little video where like, um, like life gives death gifts. That whole thing really inspired me. And I think that Oliver like truly believes that death itself is a gift. Oh, that that was my uh, concept behind Ferric. Yeah, yeah, the Ferric yeah. thing. It's it, that inspired the shit out of me when you were telling that story, and we all like I remember because I've seen that video or those like comics, like the little comic things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that super inspired me because I think Oliver is like starting to feel like I think he's start he's having like some epiphanies here with like the concepts of death and life. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's big. It was big. Some big boy growth moments for sure. I was super amped after that moment. I was like, "Oh my god, this was so cool!" Like, I don't know. I was like super geeked over this whole god fight thing. Anyone have any regrets? What would you have done, Austin? I would have not gotten global <laughs> the first fucking thirty coming. seconds of the fight. Oh my god! Yeah, I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this badass thing." I'm gonna mm-hmm. like, you know, like borrow Grundle's signature like V formation and like plant my feet, you know, and be like, I learned this from Grundle and shoot my like brain lance. I felt like so badass. And then boom, <laughs> legendary resist, boom, paralyzed, boom, fear, boom, dead. Like <laughs> So that's my yeah. regret is like even being in the room. Even being in the room. Because, <laughs> like, I made no difference. Should I have given you a little teddy bear bonus extra chance, second life? No. Zaldwin, you find a teddy bear laying on the ground and you come back to life. <laughs> no, no. But, like, I, it's just, like, you've modified the game so much that it's just, like, I feel like I'm always, like, catching up to the game design. And trying to figure out, like, what shit do I have and how do I manage my resources in a way that is, like, grant-proof. <laughs> Which is impossible. It's never grant-proof. Grant made it. Um, grant you knows run at grant-proof it. Enough. And you crit it a bunch. I, I, feel like you I, am, I feel like I'm so faithful to the rules of D&D 5th Edition other than the stuff I've given you. So I don't know how <laughs> I feel about that statement. I stay pretty faithful to the rules. I felt like I made a safe move. Like, I felt like this is a safe opening move. Do you have any bullshit? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any bullshit? Yeah. And, like, I, it just, it was not safe. Nothing safe. Okay. Nothing safe. The blind guy just turned and insta-killed me, too. <laughs> I used an item, guys. I used a I used whole an, item. That made me so happy, using items. Hmm. He's faithful to the rules as a DM. We get yeah. to break the rules on a daily basis because he gave us a bunch of shit that bends the rules. Yes. Sure. But Grant is being a little m- humble and modest. He is an excellent encounter crafter. His ability to craft fights that are extremely hard and challenging, but also like don't one round an entire team, maybe one person, but like you're not an entire team. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, it's, it's bar none. Like some of these fights, like it's, if it seems like we're really nervous every single fight, it's because every fight, almost every fight, feels like a flip of the coin and we lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's at the point in the game where, like, if you're standing, you're the closest person to the enemy, right? You failed. You you had used your, you'd used your defensive resource. You failed your check. You used a lucky point, which was great. I approve of that. And you failed again. You rolled a three and a five. Yeah, yeah, dice luck was like, rough. Like, you're just, yeah, at this point in the game, if you're the closest target and you roll like that, you're probably going to go down. Especially paralyzed with the insta-crits and shit. 
It's fucking nuts. It's also uh, interesting that one one thing we didn't talk about is Tyrell usually values initiative very highly. And he went after the enemy. And that caused him to not be able to intercept the hit, which is just a little... If everyone's like, why does TJ take alert? Or why does TJ always do initiative? It doesn't matter. Like, there's a great example of a place where it fucking mattered. Every character, every campaign alert is life. Highest initiative means you get instant advantage. I will die on that hill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's a great example of like a completely different scenario if oh, yeah. you had intercepted that hit. Yeah, for sure. If you had been in like protect mode or whatever. Would you have uh would you have killed anyone different, Austin? That was the actual question. <laughs> oh. Um hmm. I don't know. Like I I was thinking about some of the other things. Like I I feel like killing Zoros right away would like take all the fun out of I don't know what you had planned and I feel like we also still like need answers for things. So far like there are only like Zoros is our only like big bad that we're up against. So, you know, like do we really want to end the campaign that early you know yeah dude is is that good pod <laughs> i don't I, I don't think it it would have been good pod people would have been like oh so that's it you just okay and we also don't want to like create a power vacuum either like that's i know which is what i would have done that's yeah that's what i the way that i was prepared for that potential decision was whoa fuck was yeah it? baby <laughs> crack them open throw beer it up it's beer clock <laughs> um i would have yeah i would have still um I, I would have still been able to play through that i actually one of the only things i wasn't prepared for was the book i didn't even think about that it made as soon as he said it i was like oh yeah that makes that makes perfect sense. sense it was brilliant i i was like hoping to get uh like if i could change one thing um, if we had tackled change and like change one thing in the universe, it would have been to get a uh, book boy back on our side. The the planeswalker. Phineas. Phineas. Ooh, that would be yeah. cool. Like get him out of retirement and into our car. Huh. I loved I love the, the thing I loved about that moment is I feel like Austin knew uh, before we even downed death before we even knew that we could choose death. I feel like Austin already knew the first thought, the first thing that I would choose and was like, dude, no, stop. Don't do that. Don't be a dumbass. Because like my <laughs> very first thought was like, I'm killing I'm killing the fucking usurper. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, how about we don't? How about we don't do that? That would have right. been interesting. That's what I thought. Yeah. I also hate A that very guy. Very interesting power vacuum there. Right. Yeah, does like it just turn into Jaden's dad? Or are they like or are they like completely entangled at this point? Right. Yeah, they both they they I was I I was assuming I could get them hand in hand, take them both out. Well, hey, hate to cut you off, but we're running out of time, so I got to get to some of these amazing patron questions. I'm going to start with Sammy. Long-time listener, first-time caller, Sammy. There we go. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. You're on the air. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hi. So, uh, long-time listener, but my question is that, uh, uh, like, if y'all survived, like, uh, uh, being, like, real life, who would, you, who would y'all bring back? What a excellent, excellent question. Who would you bring back if you could bring back someone to life without mm. any spoilers? Uh, I will let Tyrell go first. <laughs> I know what y'all think I'm going to say, um, Jayden, but <laughs> I don't, I, I really don't think, um, I don't think Oliver would try to bring Jaden back. I, I don't know. I I don't think that's what Jaden wanted, and that I think that and I think that weighs really heavy on Oliver. And even if it was like like a true resurrection, and he could be like, I think that like Oliver's so set in the idea that like Jaden thought what he was doing was important, and he like I said, like Oliver's starting to believe that like death is a gift. Like he gave you know he gave his life so that Oliver lived, and I think that that was important to both of them. So like it would be hard for Oliver. 
to like bring Jaden back. I know everybody wants him to bring Jaden back, but I don't know that he would. Hmm. I think it has some pretty broad implications too for uh, think of death as a force in the universe for upcoming campaigns for the future. I think it's an important decision if he has the power to do something like that and then uses it selfishly. I feel like that creates a different world state than uh, other choices also. Using the power for themselves as opposed to others. Yeah, I'm really trying to get in the mind of like a proto-death god. (laughs) I don't know, like (laughs) Oliver Oliver doesn't know, you know, whether or not he's gonna be what he's gonna become or what this all means, but he does care very deeply about what death means for everything mm-hmm. um, at this point. So yeah, it's hard. I, I don't think there's many, I don't think there's anyone that Oliver would bring back to be honest. at this point in the game. I, I don't think that that's something he, he would pass that choice to someone who needed it more. I think you had a really interesting Pippin. I remember you saying one interesting. Oh theory. yeah. I thought about bringing back uh, the Pope can it. Well, the now Pope, the fake Pope, uh, Gromlug. Yeah, the I thought that was really yeah. interesting. I didn't even think about that until you said it. I was like, ooh. That's an interesting blow to Zoro's, too. Like, kind of taking some, uh, more of his power away, taking away his foothold in the church. Yeah. That would be yeah, interesting. Absolutely. I thought it would and be man, we fought so hard to keep that mofo alive, dude. We did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, we did everything, like, all we could to keep him alive, and then right after all that, he's just shows up that's dead nice. and incinerates in our shuttle. Sure. Wait, you yeah. think that that's who you were protecting? Well, that's who, that You really the, thought we, we the whole wa- time? We, we, quote unquote, were protecting Gromluck. Whether it was actually Gromluck or not, that's who we set out to protect. <laughs> who do you as think? As far you? as we know, that's who we were protecting, and that's all that matters. You really think that? Was, was he dead when we started? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there was never any point that we could have protected him. He was already no, dead that, you guys, you guys literally were following prompts from Zoro's that whole time. Yeah. He, se- he sent I you, like, text messages, and you yeah, were like... I caught on to that, yeah. but that, I mean, it's I not... I mean, that does I mean, make more sense, but I didn't actually I, click those. <laughs> I, well, I know. I didn't try to click Mordecai, those together. Grundle, and Oliver definitely didn't get that memo. We didn't know any better. We're <laughs> dumb as box rock. Blow this thing up. You were like, yeehaw! Let's yeah, go right, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. What do you mean you got a nuke? <laughs> uh, we got one more listener oh my question. God, yes. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. What's her face and her brother? Oh, those would have been good Agatha? ones to bring back. Agatha and. Uh, was he also a Franklin? I mean, if you had brother. to pick one, though, would you pick Franklin? Oh, for sure, for sure. I uh, Nivitz votes for like, Agatha. Hey, Sorry, what's your deal? Like, yeah, I was happy but being Agatha would have wanted if you brought her back and were like, "Hey, we could have brought your brother back, but we brought you back instead." She'd be pissed. They'd both be sad. Yeah, but we'd also have to get Agatha to catch up to our fucking level too. Like Agatha would be level one sidekick. <laughs> get like we can power know. level her pretty quick Nivitz would have voted for Agatha okay just, Agatha just you pull this monster and we'll kill it right and we'll share the XP <laughs> yeah I'm gonna uh, turn on EXP more. share <laughs> one more we have another listener question welcome right. to the show Austin Katzenberger how you doing hey boys long time listener many time caller uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering I agree with the decision to kill the book. I think that was probably the best choice of the moment. I'm wondering why you chose to allow it to be re-resurrected. Because it seems like it would be fairly easy for Zoros to find a level 13 cleric to cast Uh, Resurrection on it. And he's back. Because resurrection doesn't exist in our campaign. Yeah, there is no, there is no, there is no resurrection in the traditional sense in absurdism. So, oh, there is none. No, no resurrection. That's why Morty Boy and a couple others are dead. Which fun fact? Um, I mean, we're we're no, I can't. You almost, (laughs) you almost got me, Austin. You almost got me (laughs) to give you a spoiler. You almost got me to give you a spoiler. Um, never mind. <laughs> well, I also, it's an interesting thing. If he were to re- resurrect Sardragath, 
he would no longer be under Zoros's control. He would just be a because because remember how the the demon was hiding away in these pages that Zoros had been using to control other people. The actual Sarjagoth that that would have been resurrected would not have been tricked by Zoros. Zoros basically in trading for the power that the book had. He made a deal to get a wish spell, and he used the wish spell to bind Sardragoth to him. Ooh, okay, that's and cool. For the for the um, state of mind and why I didn't choose, because I thought about that, because I know Grant will pull fuckery, and that maybe Zoros does go looking, relooking for a way to bring back Sardragoth and get the book again, right? But at the end of the day, Oliver especially right now in its fledgling state, not understanding or knowing what all this means or like even what this power means for him or for anyone, that level of permanence is terrifying to Oliver. Hmm. So even to use it on someone else is horrifying to him. Like he do, he's like, he doesn't know what that, like he can't even comprehend what permanently erasing something from existence. That's too big of a concept for him to like accept right now. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry, we're about to go on an epic adventure with y'all. <laughs> that's the outro music. Um, yeah, that's gonna be, I think, all we have time for tonight. We need to get to our playing. So, thank you everyone for listening to this special episode of Liam and Tiny Chat. Uh, hope that you had a good time hearing a little bit about the cameos that we had and also a little bit about the most recent decisions that were made hey if you're hearing this we do this bi-weekly and we do it live and you can get access to both the live show and every episode of liam and tiny chat and all sorts of other content like a literal ton of content for just starting at just two dollars on uh patreon which is patreon.com slash the homebrew uh we are really driving to get people subscribed um over there so if you could just check it out see if anything tickles your pickle and sign up for our patreon <laughs> it is uh it helps us so much even just at the two dollar level you get the after shows we have like a pdf that's getting published once a month now where you can get npc blocks of different characters and see character sheets and get some lore drops type stuff um we've got Austin's doing monthly wallpaper art, like actual show art. He fucking like draws it. It's amazing. There's a ton of stuff, even just at that $2 level that I would urge you to check out, if not just to support the show. And we've got three podcasts we're putting out weekly now. Uh, and you can get all that content. Patreon.com slash the homebrew. Thank you again for listening. We will can we will release our normally scheduled programming on Sunday, but that's gonna be it, it for now. Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful rest of your whatever you're listening to day, hopefully. And goodbye. I don't know how to outro Liamans because we usually just kind of stop. Goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye. (laughs) Also have to point out for anyone still listening, uh, that power, quote-unquote power, has literally never been used once, ever. So it's Schrodinger's power. He has both lost it and not lost it because he had it and has never used it and will probably not try to use it. So who knows?